I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week we've got a very special guest with us. All of our guests are very special, but this time I get to talk to another productivity strategist. She's the productivity specialist. It's Amber De La Garza. I was a guest on one of her blabs that she had, the big productivity blabs she had a few, a few weeks back. And she's got a special webinar lined up for all of you listening this week. In fact, so special that we're actually pushing this episode a whole day earlier than we would. Normally, we do this on a Friday, but this is coming out on a Thursday just so that you can take advantage of her special offer. So stay tuned till the end of the show to figure out where you can sign up and and get access to this webinar she's putting on just for you, listeners of the Productivityist Podcast. I'm not going to spend any more time talking about who Amber is. We're going to talk about that during the show. So let's jump right into it. Here is my discussion, my conversation, my tete-a-tete with Amber De La Garza, the Productivity Specialist here on the Productivityist Podcast. I have with me Amber De La Garza. Amber, thanks so much for joining me. You're from AmberDeLaGarza.com, really. It's pretty it's not that difficult to find you, right? You're pretty easy to find on the internet. I am just my name. <laughs> now you are a productivity. You are the productivity specialist, which is good because I'm the productivityist. I just cut the special part right out of out of my my name, and I've actually gone to strat. <laughs> so you you help business owners and entrepreneurs, and you work with them to transform like the way that they work. Um, so we, we're we're kindred spirits here, you and I, when it comes to this kind of stuff. I think we are very much we are very much passionate about the same things. Absolutely. Um, you know, we just had a couple weeks back, we did a blab together, uh, you know, a productivity blab where you had a bunch of people on, um, you had people like Eric Fisher on friend of friend of the show, Zachary Sexton from Asian efficiency, Brooks Duncan, a slew of other people. Um, and what was your, before we dive into the, the, the meat of what we want to talk about today, like what was your impetus to put together that party to put together that blab? Because I mean, blab, i I do a weekly or fairly weekly uh, blab with Steve Dotto and Eric Fisher, the aforementioned Eric Fisher, um, like it's a productivity power panel kind of thing. Um, and blabs are pretty, pretty hot commodity. In fact, um, as we're recording this, uh, they just bought PodClear not too long ago, which is a service that I saw at Podcast Movement. So blab seems to be a big player. What was the whole impetus behind you doing a blab and bringing so many people uh, on board? 
Well, I wanted to bring together to give some like great value to the community of people that love productivity or want productivity in their lives, right? And I don't believe I have the answers and I love collaborating with other people as a business owner and entrepreneur. You know, it gets lonely out there sometimes. And for myself, it's the same thing. And so I wanted to surround myself with people that are passionate about the same thing I am and are about serving the same people that I'm serving. So um, that was the one reason. And the second reason is because I was way behind the game on Twitter. You know, like I was like the last person to play on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And when I heard about Blab, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be huge. It's so much about community. It's about sharing. It's about knowledge. I'm like, I'm not going to miss the boat on this one. So I wanted to get up and get going on it as soon as possible so that um, I could use it as a platform to connect with um, with other people, not only my peers, but, you know, the audience as well. Well, and it gives you a chance to not only, um, you know, talk to your peers and the community, but they all get to talk together. So it's like a big, you know, it's like basically going to an event and you're based in Las Vegas where there are a lot of events and a lot of networking that goes on. Um, it gives you this, you know, kind of this cocktail party that everybody can attend and share their own thoughts and ask, ask questions and all that stuff. Yes, absolutely. So what we did was we made it into a, like, um, you called it, you know, productivity power hour party. And so everyone went on and shared, you know, four to five minutes of their best productivity tip. And we kept it fast paced so that everyone could share their personality, a little tip. And when the people that were watching, they were able to get something about paper management, electronic management, maybe about an app, it didn't matter. It was from all different aspects of productivity. And that's what I really wanted for everyone. So yeah, well, it that, was great. That was awesome. Awesome. Now let's let's talk a little bit about you and what you do, and, and maybe some of the the similarities that you and I uh, kind of have. Because when I was reading through some of your stuff, um, this this may sound right off the gun like this does not sound like you at all, Mike Vardy. But why you don't want to improve your productivity? That's one of your blog posts, and I'm like, okay, I know, I think I know where she's going with this, but, right? Uh, <laughs> but but. Again, with that with that whole idea, there are so many people out there, and and I mean, we'll speak to who we we've worked with, both you know, not just in 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 one to one, because you do one to one consultations as well, right? Yes, I do. Right. So when you're working with groups, and I, I know you've probably come across groups, I know I have, where I've worked with a group of people, and there's just one person, maybe maybe a couple, but there's one in the crowd who's just like shaking their head. No, they're like, yeah. no, what you're, what you're saying, I'm not reading, you know, it's not gonna, it's sure you, you think you know what, what my life is like, but you don't. Um, can you talk a little bit about that whole idea of w- this question of, do you even want to improve your productivity and where you were going with that blog post? Of course, I'm going to share it in the show notes, but I'd love to hear it from you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of, you know, as a business owner and getting going in productivity, I realized that while I am super passionate about it and it's a common word in my vocabulary, it's not for everyone and everyone doesn't get up and they're super excited about it. And so I took a twist on it because I just realized that you know, well, let's ask the question, do you even want to be productive? And then that kind of went into the question of well, what is productivity and why would I want to be? Um, I believe that if there's, if anyone wants to achieve their goals faster, um, with less stress, they want to be productive. They just might not be calling it productivity, um, productivity. And so I just, I just go into those details of just trying to identify like not only that, but, um, where they can be productive and how it would affect their business and the growth of their business, right? And so if 
you wake up, like when you wake up, you're like probably focused all about being productive. I know, I know I am. And what's amazing is that, um, maybe like yourself, my clients hold me accountable to being productive. Mm -hmm. I, you know, when you call yourself the productivity specialist or people call you the productivity specialist and you're known that for that or the productivityist, it's like, okay, what today, how am I going to be most productive? It's first and foremost on my mind. Well, for a lot of people, it's not, but achieving their goals are. And so if they tied the two together in that productivity is the path to quickly achieve their goals, they would definitely want to be more productive. It's interesting because one of the things that comes up, um, and I came across this through an email from a potential, I think she ended up buying the book. She bought the Productivity's workbook, but uh, she, she it was a review, actually, in Goodreads. And she said that I was a bit skeptical at first because the word productivity has a completely different meaning in Eastern Europe because productivity is associated with, you know, um, political aspects. So in order oh. to be, which I didn't quite, no, and nor nor I wouldn't, you know, I mean, as soon as I say it, you're like, oh, that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, oh, okay. Because, and it's funny, even in Canada, where where I am based, productivity is, I mean, time management is the thing that people get into. But productivity is so much more than time management, because as as you know, time management is one of those things where you can only have so much control over it. It moves on whether you want it to or not. Productivity is how you how you deal with all of that, with all of the moving parts and, and how you move with those moving parts, right? So right. It, it's it's interesting when you, and I, I really like this post because you're right. So many people, what they do is they connect productivity to more, right? Uh, but they totally. don't, but they don't connect it to more of the good stuff. It's just more work. And, right. and, and I don't, how do you break people from thinking that? Because I mean, it's Everyone's going to be a little bit different, obviously. Um, I've had people that, you know, I've said this is this is one way to look at it. And obviously everyone has their own variation of how they do that. But how do you, when somebody says, well, this just sounds like it's more work, how do you make it, how do you break that that belief that it's more work to be more productive? Okay, that's, that's a great question. So for me, I actually teach this. So um, productivity is investing your best time into your best activities. And I came up with that definition. And I think most most productivity experts or specialists, they have their own spin or definition of what productivity is. Because if you look up the de- you know, the definition of productivity, it's very sterile, right? On, mm-hmm. You know, in the dictionary. So we've all had to kind of identify, well, what does that mean? How do we translate it to something that means something to our clients? And for me, Um, it's not about doing more work. It's about doing focused work. And when you're investing your best time into your best activities, it's usually the things that you're most passionate about. So when you're a business owner, you got into business because you were passionate about something, whether it was art or cutting hair or um, being a speaker, um, a real estate agent, an insurance broker, something drew you to that that business, right? And that you're passionate about, but then you put your business hat on. And next thing you know, you're hiring your HR, your bookkeeper, your, you know, you're all of these different hats. And then the passion for your business burns out. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, when you're consistently investing your best time into your best activities, I believe those best activities are defined on where you can make the biggest contribution to your business and have the biggest impact. And generally that goes hand in hand with where you're passionate at. 
So that goes hand in hand with where you're most passionate at. And so you're going to reap the biggest results and the biggest success in your business and achieving your goals. And this doesn't just have to be for business owners or entrepreneurs. It could be for your personal life. For me, you know, um, my investing my best time into my um, best activities for my personal life is different. You know, it's definitely investing in quality fun time with my five-year-old son or, you know, quality time with my husband. So I've got that defined best activity in each area of my life, not just business, but in my personal relationships and life as well. And see, the thing that, that what, and that's actually what I was going to get to, I was going to say, but people don't realize that, that this kind of framework, this kind of mindset doesn't have to apply just to business or to the professional world. In fact, it, it hurts you if you only try to apply it there. You need to make it so that it transcends all aspects because your brain can only do so much. You know, you don't want to have it like, okay, this is how I deal with work and this is how I deal with stuff at home and this is how I deal with stuff with my friends. If you have a unilateral kind of framework or approach to something, then it's going to make it a lot easier for you to be able to deal with those things and, again, dedicate your best time to the best activities, which is, again, this leads nicely into your your other post, which I want to share uh, and I'll put in the show notes, of course, which is productivity. There's no app for that. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I'm a big believer in this too. In fact, I've got this uh, quote that I've uh, people have you know t- shared. It says, "Focus on the app within." That's one thing I've said, and I've also said the approach is way more important than the app. So, I mean, you can uh, you can have the best task management app in the world. We've seen t- tools like, and I'll probably ask you a little bit later what tools you specifically use. But I mean, mm-hmm. there's OmniFocus, there's Evernote, there's Asana, there's Todoist. There's so many out there. Um, and yet what people do is they'll say, okay, you know what? I'm going to grab this app and that's going to solve the problem. Um, it, it doesn't. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the idea of, of what, what app there is. And what I like is that, is that you've got several apps listed in this post that all play a role in your productivity. So maybe that's what, what I'd love you to touch on. Yes. So no productivity there's no app for that so that started because as i you know began my business and over the years i was always asked so oh, okay so what productivity <laughs> app do you use or what app do you use and everyone wants that like magic pill or these days this magic app what app should i use which is the worst because sure. the answer is i don't know <laughs> Uh, Yes. And then you're like, okay, so they just came to you and had like a real question about productivity. And your first answer to them is, I don't know. And And so (laughs) if the time is right, you can explain that a little further saying, you know, well, you know, what I truly believe is, and what I would tell them is, is it really just starts with you and your own habits Mm -hmm. and holding yourself accountable and consistency. And there's going to be things that are going to make you more efficient. Mm-hmm. But that's not the same as productivity. So um, let's just give an example. So if I'm up on the stage and I'm speaking, am I trying to be most productive by connecting with my audience and getting my message across? Or am I trying to be efficient? Okay, efficient is I'd already be done talking. I'm going to get it done, I shortcut it, get straight to the point. But that will not be most productive. And then the other, the other I believe is a misconception, is that if you're organized, that makes you productive. And I do not believe that to be true. I know some very productive people that have messy desks mm-hmm. and they, but they get the right things done. They are able to accomplish their goals and move forward. Now, the messy desk thing, that's not for everybody. For me, I cannot function in a messy environment. Oh, I hear you. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't either. I, you know, even if I work from home, you work from home too, I take it, right? I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if any part of the home, like the kitchen, 
Like, yep. I'm, I'm downstairs. The kitchen is upstairs. When I go start my day after I do my morning routine, if the kit, like this morning, I saw there was a couple dishes. I washed them. I had to. And, and it's because then when I came upstairs for lunch, they were already done. So I, cause you, cause you forget you're, you're in this state of flow. You come upstairs and you're like, oh man, the dishes, you know, yeah. so I, I need to, and same with thing with my office. My office is incredible. It's probably the neatest place in the whole house. Everything is, has what is that saying? A, a place for everything, everything and everything in its place, right? Absolutely. So yeah, no, I hear you on that. So keep going. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, don't worry. So that is how my brain functions. But then that takes you to, well, how does someone else's mind function? How does their personality um, influence how they're most productive? And I believe that personality is plays a big key role on your most most productive um, zone, like uh, whether it's your environment, it's the people you're around, that some people are most productive in a um, noisy environment. But I'll give you an example. I came back from cor- the corporate world. When I started my company, I had been in corporate. And so I start my own business. I'm working from home. I've got my whole office set up and I can hear everything. The cars driving by, the mailman. I mean, I swear I could probably hear like every bird outside my window. Everything was distracting me. And the reason was I came from a corporate environment where there was tons of white noise and I learned and trained myself how to stay really focused with that noise in the background. Mm-hmm. Then it became quiet and I'm like, okay, what do I do? So the first year of my business, I started my business in a coffee shop. Literally, I would go to the coffee shop almost every day and work in the corner because I was able to get in my zone because of all the white noise and the people moving because it was what I had been used to. Right. And so what I have just realized is that, well, if that worked for me and that's not really common because everyone says, you know, get rid of all the distractions, work in a quiet zone. Well, what are you doing to the people that that doesn't work for? You're telling them that, you know, how they are unique and, and honoring who they are isn't right. And and I just, that's not me. So when I work with my clients, I'm really about, okay, let's find out who you are. Let's find out what makes you work best, you know? And so, Mike, if I was working with you and I found out that you were really um, needed a neat and organized space part of your routine would be exactly what you do. Organize your space. Start with a clean slate in the morning because those are distractions to you. Whereas someone else, a completely clean desk has the opposite effect on them. Now, I don't quite understand it, but I don't need to. That's not my personality. What I need to know is that we need to find that right way for them to be most productive and get done what matters most to them. And I think this this really lends itself nicely into the whole idea of apps because, I mean... I'll give you an example from my state of state is I've been dealing with clients who love pocket, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the and I know you mentioned pocket. I've been an Instapaper user forever. And yeah. you know, it, the, the pull of, and the allure of the new app is always, you know, it, it's alluring. <laughs> That's why yes. it's called allure. Um, so I, I looked at him like, Oh, this looks really good. And look, pocket makes it easy for me to import my Instapaper stuff. And so I'll, I'll look at it and give it a try. I did it for one day. Just one, and then I went on my iPhone and I was saving, and I, everything was set up for Instapaper. So I kept populating Instapaper, and I realized that that motor, you know, that motor skill, that that automation that I had set in place, the human automation of me knowing that yep. Instapaper. I'm like, you know, so I had a choice, and this is the thing that people get stuck on: is the choice is do I keep going down this path, which is going to be harder to go down? Is it necessary to take that path, or should I just continue down the road I'm going on? Considering that it's really not going to, you know, and and deal with whatever consequences that, that exist. Now, my example is clearly so, you know, 
um, minimal. I mean, a choice between uh, pocket and Instapaper. I mean, if I decide to stick with Instapaper, okay, that's where I go to read articles for later. But the problem is when people do this with task management apps or with calendar apps or with email apps, anything that, that is pertinent information that they really want, that they need, not necessarily that they want, because wants are different, right? But the needs that they have, and this is tricky. So how do you, how do you keep people when they are, you know, testing the waters, or they are tempted to test the waters between it? Maybe not just a new app, but even a new approach. Say, oh, you know, I've been reading up on GTD, and I should try that. How do you deal with that when you're when you're talking to people, either in in a group environment or in a one to one setting? How do you keep them from Either or how do you guide them through the process of the pull if if you right. in fact do want them to go down that path? Right. Well, ironically, sometimes playing with apps is a form of procrastination. Like mm-hmm. they have a ton of things to do, their list is forever long, and yet they're worried about what app they're going to use to organize their task list. And so I I find out well, is that the case, or is your task app really not working for you? And if it's not working for you, what part of it is not working for you? And what what do you need out of your task app? Trying to answer those questions ahead of time before just investing in another app uploading, playing with it, because there's more than just the money of the app, but it's the time invested, right? And it's the whole, what you were just saying, like your whole workflow gets interrupted and your setup takes a while. And so while there's times that it's absolutely essential, like if you have no app at all and you have no system at all, I would really look at what's not working and are you sure this other program is going to fix that part? And I, I've, I've played with the idea of like, okay, well, if there's no perfect app out there and there's not, and no. the reason why there's no app, perfect app is because everybody's different. So what I think is amazing for me is not right for everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if I went out and made an app today, it would be perfect for me, but that would be an expensive investment in my own app for me because it's not going to be absolutely perfect for every single other person out there. Yeah, exactly. And and then you and, and you've got this one app with a very 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 niche market. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so I just try to share with them that, you know, the the being in limbo of which app to use is really the worst place to be. Pick one, use it, see if you like it, and if you don't, now you know what you like or don't like. It's, you know, I feel like they spend as much time on deciding what apps to use for productivity as buying a car or a house sometimes. And it really doesn't need to be that huge of a of a mm, decision right? Because it's not going to fix everything. They can have an app that works perfect for them, but if they're not using it consistently, it's not going to work. If they're not updating it consistently, it's not going to work. So I think it's working on those underlying habits first. So um, like an example for me. So if I, if I get with a client that has like no app for um, task management or anything like that, and they're not really, really tech savvy where they have their whole life on apps, I would say, First and foremost, start with a paper list. Like really seriously, carry a notebook around and start with a paper list because it's about the habit of continually getting out of your head and onto paper or out of your head and onto an app. And then once you figure out your flow and how you work best, then you can find an app that will match that that need. And so I kind of like to keep it simple up front because somebody's using usually, sorry, learning a new behavior and habit. And then it's like, oh, and a new app. 
or right. a new program. And so that's how I generally approach it with somebody that's newer on the whole app game. Well, and the other thing you got to keep in mind is some people's acumen with technology is going to be varying, right? Like you, that's why I rarely teach like how to use Todoist or OmniFocus in a, in a setting. I was like, here's why you might want to use it because only the only, the how to's only happen when they've made the choice. Right. 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 But yes. which, which now I'm going to ask you, which one do you use? <laughs> so I, and, and what's interesting is I think, I think I heard you say you didn't really like this, but I use uh, Microsoft Outlook. As your task management application? I do. Wow. And I I think I was listening to your, one of your podcasts and I remember you saying that and I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to think that's hilarious when I tell him. And let me tell you why we're going to have like a little debate here, right? Okay. All right. All so, right. For me, okay, so I, I was obviously familiar with Outlook from the corporate world, but for me, I needed something that integrated my email, my calendar, and my task all in one application, and I didn't want to deal with an, a task app, an email management program, and then a calendar app, a program, and I didn't want to worry about them all talking to each other. Mm -hmm. So I use, it's literally called tasks on my um phone mm -hmm. that does exchange tasks so yep. I can add it to my phone. But what I love about Outlook is you can literally with one click, take an email and create it into a task. And I don't have to rewrite it and I don't have to do a subject line and I'm transferring it out of my inbox and onto my task management and worry about it when I decided to worry about it or respond to it when I'm going to worry about it. Because I find that a lot of my incoming tasks come from emails. Yeah. And so I like that I can just with one click, get them over to my task, um, the task part of it. And then it goes into my calendar. And the other part that I love is that I can schedule my tasks around my calendar, my meetings, my appointments, what's most important and gets put on my, on my calendar because you're able to view your tasks at the lower third of your calendar. So I can say, okay, I want to do this, 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 after I've looked at my calendar and said, you know what, I have a big meeting day that day. I only have two hours of, you know, task time to do. Or maybe it's a Wednesday and it's my, you know, in office day. And then I will load up the certain tasks on that day. So for me, it was all integrated and I didn't need to worry about three different programs and how they all integrated. And most importantly, um, capturing all of my to do's from my email into my task management. Okay. So now I can, now I've got my rebuttal. Uh, <laughs> oh, good, good. I want to hear it. So, I love it. So, so Give here's the thing about, to think about now. Here's the thing about outlook is that it doesn't scale very well. The tasks portion does not scale. You can only put tasks. There's no real project hierarchy there, right? That's what Microsoft Correct. projects for, which no right. one ever really, you've used Microsoft well, project before. Right. Yeah, it, and it's, yes, I yeah. agree. <laughs> so no one wants to use that, but here's the thing is that, in, if you're using Outlook, there are a lot of, like, for example, Todoist has an Outlook extension that you can use, which means that you can tag a task, an email, and it goes automatically into Todoist as an extension. You could do that. But the easiest way to get things to a task management application that you actually have, that actually has a bit more scalability to it, or a lot more in the case of, of, of Outlook, is you, every most task management applications, Asana, Flow, uh, OmniFocus even, um, Todoist, uh, Wonderlist, Trello, they have email addresses associated with that application. So if I want to send a task related to, say, to do to, like a professional task that only I have to work on, I can either A, uh, and I'm using Gmail. You're not using Gmail. You're using Outlook, right? Correct. 
Right. So in my case, I can use the Gmail extension, click on the add to Todoist, and the, the mail is automatically inserted into Todoist as a hyperlink, which means if I click on it, it opens it up in Gmail later. In the Outlook extension, it does the same thing. Um, and you could all, but if you wanted to forward it to that particular task or your inbox, and all I do for most people when I'm teaching them Todoist is, a, is again, you only want to teach them in small chunks. Every project has its own email address. I just say, send it to your inbox. Send it to your task management inbox. That way, it's in the focused place where you can then make the decision that you make with your calendar and all that stuff there. And you're not getting interruptions from other emails that might be coming in. So my mindset is, you know, if Outlook, and by the way, Microsoft bought Wonderlist, you probably know this. So if Outlook can incorporate the elements of Wonderlist into its tasks, then this argument that I'm giving you is less... Um, uh, potent, um, right? Because then all of a sudden it does have the hierarchy, and you can because ta- you can't really tag tasks too much. You can, you, I know you can do certain things with tasks on Outlook, but you can't create like you know modes that you might want to work in, or um, you know it, it, it gets a bit trickier. Um, so yeah, I use categories extensively, but yeah. it is a workaround. Yeah, yeah definitely so, a workaround. So, so the thing that what I like about what you've done, though, is you've said, here's how I make it work and here's why. And this is, again, the key of what we were just talking about is what works for somebody based on where they are from and where they came from isn't going to work for somebody else because I look at Outlook and run and scream away. Right, <laughs> right, right. Because, because it's like I look at it. The calendar in Outlook is phenomenal. I love Outlook calendar. And even the email has yep. gotten much, much better over the years. And OneNote has gotten better, too right? Oh, yeah. I still use Evernote. I don't use OneNote. But there are a lot of people moving to OneNote because of the exchange parameters that are required in a lot of organizations, right? Mm-hmm. So so for me, um, I'm, I'm exploring OneNote because OneNote makes sense. And they are, I mean, Microsoft finally looked at what they had and said, oh, wait a minute, Evernote's making some. We've had this thing for a really long time that we haven't really touched. We should probably do something with it. But the task right. is sorely lacking. So I think if you're in your case, um, and this is going to be, it's going to be different for everybody. If you've got a multitude of projects and you want to make, I mean, I have people, the clients I work with that have like hundreds of items on their to-do list. And if it was just single, because that's really how it, the categories can get out of control, right? So right. It, it, that's that's what I, I recommend to clients is if they're using Outlook and they're using Todoist, let's say, or they're using is get the extension or just forward the email there. Yes, the 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 pain point for some people is it's a different inbox. It means I have to check two inboxes. But guess what? That second inbox is your inbox. Nobody else is sending you anything there. So your brain knows, hey, guess what? Everything that's come here is from me, which means it's my stuff, which means it's my agenda. Because the worst thing about right. email the worst thing about email in my mind is that uh, not only how we use it, but whenever you start your day in email or whenever you spend too much time in email, you wind up um, working to other people's agendas instead of your own. Right, right. That's great rebuttal. I love it. So I'm definitely going to take a look at the Todoist. But I think this is a great example for mm-hmm. the people that are listening is that we've got two very productive people using two different systems and it works for each of us. Absolutely. And so, and so instead of getting caught up on, you know, Microsoft versus this or that, it's like, you know what? I figured out a way that made it work now. However, I am not opposed to looking at your other way because if it's more efficient, then it means more time to me and I'm, I'm done. I'm sold because yeah. right. That's what's most important. 
Well, and the kicker, the kicker is, is again, now this is, this is the maturation of the space, right? Because there are so many more tools out there. So many, but also not just maturation of the space, but maturation of the people that are, that are, you know, specializing in the space is that, you know, you're a specialist. You, you, I mean, it's funny. You're enthusiastic about it. That's, that's kind of the path I took. I was an enthusiast. Then I became a specialist. Now I'm a strategist. And I think huh. you're probably there too. Because, I mean, you're teaching people how to work with what they have and, and work, you're teaching them strategies, right? right? So, and I came to that conclusion only this year when I was watching uh, Tony Robbins talk to Marie Forleo on an interview. And I he, love her. <laughs> yeah. And he ta- He said he was, I love both of them. They're great. Yeah, um, great. And he said, I'm a life strategist. And I'm like, ah, strat- that's what I've, I've gone from, because like, a specialist generally says, here are all the tools. Let me teach you how to use them. Strategist is to me is I've looked at all the tools, looked at all the approaches, all that stuff. Here's something that you might want to try. Ooh, and I a like lot that. of stuff is the stuff that I've done that like, I mean, so I've got the now your method that I teach people now and I'm, and you have your own, I mean, I've looked at what you, what, obviously, you know, we're looking at what, you, what you've got and you're, and you're teaching people your own methodology as well. You talk about the zones and I mean, and, and like you said earlier, um, everyone talks about these things in a different way, but often we mean the same things. And the cool thing about the internet is that we can all say the same thing differently and no one is going to be suffering from client work or, or audience because everyone, like you said, is different. The audience is going to resonate with different people and with different different ideas. So um, what, what, I, what I wanted to kind of get to with this is, is that, you know, the apps are, are cool and, we, and, they're, and they're getting better and better and better all the time. But if you go, if you don't go in with a proper approach and framework, and the frameworks have to be human, they have to be innate, they have to be yours. You have to put the personal back in productivity. If you don't have that in place, then then that's that's a non-starter. And the the fact that you and I can have a conversation, and not just you and I, but I mean, obviously we talked. I mean, during the blab, that you know, this kind of thing was was happening there too, right? So I think right. the key is is that the space has gotten so mature. Um, that we can say, hey, you know what? That that's a great workflow, and here's how you might want to tweak it. Or that's a great workflow. Keep going. Here's something else you might want to try that's outside of that workflow. Or you know what? Have at her. You're doing a great job. And same thing with my side. So it's really really cool, and that's why I love this stuff because there's no wrong way to do the thing because it's your thing. The only wrong way is to not do your thing. Right. I agree. I so, agree. So it's about getting to know ourselves and how we are most productive. Yeah, I have this. I have this little black um, uh, thing I bought at the Ottawa airport, and it says awareness on it. It's like a monolith, like out of the two thousand and one <laughs> movie, and it just says awareness on it. And I, I honestly believe that awareness is the, is the first step to productivity is being self aware. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about self awareness too. If people were more. Um, and, and the problem, and let's let's dive into this a little bit, is what I think happens too is that people get caught in organizations or in corporate culture where the ability to be self-aware is devalued, so therefore they have to work in a different manner that doesn't suit mm. them best, right? Totally agree. Mm-hmm. So how do you help people when they come into that situation? Because I know with, with the Now Your Method, what I talk about is I try to teach people to work by modes because mode-based work, I think, is far more effective than project-based work because projects... Yes, for corporate culture and for big business is very objective. Like, here is what we need to do and here's how we get there. Whereas mode-based work is very subjective and it says, you know what? Let's take a look at, this is what the objective is, but what 
what way should I use to get, like, what's my best path to get there? Like, how you know, instead of jumping all over the place, which is what happens when you're working on a project, if you work by mode, you could say, okay, I'm going to make 20 phone calls right now or record 15 podcasts. And that means that I'm moving that project, I'm moving like 15 projects forward instead of just one. So tell me how you, you help people when they're stuck in this, this kind of quagmire of, I'm trying to be personal with my productivity. I'm trying to, you know, use the my own personality, my own approach, but it's just not jiving with what's being expected of me or what's being, you know, kind of uh, ordered in, in the work environment I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I see that a lot in the corporate culture, right? Because they look just like what you said, that they there is a certain culture about productivity. If 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 a manager or the owner walked by and you were reorganizing your desk every day, they would be like, um, not every day, but you know, setting it, straightening it out, ready to start your day. They'd be like, that person has not enough time. I mean, not enough work. They need more, they need more work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and sometimes they'll walk by someone that has a totally completely desk and the culture is like, oh, they, they're so overwhelmed. They're working so hard. And that's the perception or the culture that was built into that kind of corporate environment. And I just hate that for them. But what I love for business owners and entrepreneurs is they are in charge of their destiny. They are in charge of their work environment. They are in charge of making the decisions to change all that to mirror um, how they're most productive to work. It just takes that, what, like you said, for them to be aware or even know that. And I think it starts with um, not shitting themselves. Me, mm-hmm. And I'm saying should. Like, I know you said. Oh, <laughs> one Some people are like, but she's. Oh, great. Now so, I got to put a bleep on this episode. No. <laughs> so, so, you know, I should, I should be working this way and I should be doing that. And I, I should be. And the truth is, is that that negative energy is actually what's stopping them from being most productive. Mm-hmm. I had a client, um, his name was, his name is Avi and he is um, a real estate agent here in Las Vegas. And he's a very successful real estate agent. And he, his most productive, his joy or his most productive comes from um, being face to face with his clients, um, lunch meetings, coffee shops, networking. And everyone in the business was saying, you know, that's not sustainable. That's not going to work. You need to do, you know, cold calling and you need to do prospecting and you need to do mailers because that's what is standard in that industry. And he kept kind of beating his head against the wall and feeling guilty and not, you know, being proactive about making lunch appointments and coffee appointments because he was trying to go down a path that did not resonate with him and was not his um, most productive zone, like where he was most productive. And so as I worked with him over time, I said, you know what, you need to honor that. And how can we leverage that? How can we make a system and a process about you being um, very purposeful with your lunch appointments and your coffee appointments with clients and past clients? And if we did that and, you know, took that time where you were maybe productive a couple hours a week to you know, eight hours a week, how would that change your business? And so that's how I worked with him was saying, let's look at what is your most productive activity? How can we, um, create an environment, which was all kinds of things. It was hiring another assistant. It was setting up systems. It was automating. It was delegating. It was taking things off of his list so that we could capture eight hours you know, a week for him to do his most productive activity. And so how I go about it is working with business owners and entrepreneurs that are really ready to transform and change the way they work so that they can be most productive and achieve their goals. And, and I do that by honoring who they are and how they're most productive. 
Amber, thanks so much for joining me this week. Where can people find you on uh, on the internet? Uh, when I mean, This has been a great conversation. I definitely want to have you back on. Oh, and, and you've got something coming up too, so I want to make sure that, that people know about that so that way they can be part of it. In fact, one of them's happening. If you're listening to the podcast today as it comes out, you're actually going to be able to be part of it. If you, if you listen to it early enough, you can be part of it right away. But you've got something else coming up, so why don't you share with our, my listeners what's going on? Okay, excellent, excellent. Actually, you know what? I'm thinking about having a special webinar just for the people listening to this. So um, go ahead and go to Amber De La Garza, that's D-E-L-A-G-A-R-Z-A.com forward slash Mike. And I'm going to be having a webinar on how to grow your business in less time. So what you'll discover is how to transform the way you work to reduce stress, maximize your time and grow your business. And I'm going to do a free webinar um, all about how to grow your business and how productivity plays a huge role in that. So for the details, because this is coming out the day I'm doing the first webinar, mm-hmm. go to forward slash Mike, and I will have everything on there for you about the second webinar I'll do just for your viewers, our listeners. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Amber. That's really generous You're of you. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And man, I love talking productivity with you. And there it is. That was it. That was our episode. That was our conversation. There's a lot more to that conversation if you become a Patreon supporter. So if you go to patreon.com slash productivityist and support the show, you'll get additional bonus material every episode, plus four bonus episodes per week, little short episodes that you can listen to on your commute to work or just when you're washing dishes or whatever that are going to offer some tactics, some tips, and even just some insights on productivity coming right from me, yours truly, Mike Vardy, the host of the show. As for that special offer I mentioned off the top, go to amberdelagarza.com slash Mike, or you can go to the productivityspecialist.com slash Mike, and you'll get access to the Grow Your Business in Less Time webinar. It's on November 6th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So you've got a limited time to be able to check this thing out. Uh, Go to either of those links, either will work, and you'll have access to this webinar. So again, thanks to Amber for offering this to all of my listeners. Thanks to you all for listening this week. Thanks to podcast producer John Polstra for putting this show together. And we will see you all next week. Maybe some of you in the Patreon community, maybe you'll jump in, you'll get those extra bonus episodes Monday through Thursday. But we'll see you next Friday. Uh, Again, we bumped this one up just so we could get Amber in with her deal. We'll see you next Friday with a whole new episode with another great guest here on the Productivities Podcast. Until then, stop guessing and start going. Start going.